gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is July 11th, 2021. And, and excuse me, tonight's speaker is Michael Joseph, also known as MJ. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Michael. Oh, thank you, Jim. Yeah, welcome, everyone. And, um, yeah, so, uh, Jim, I last night I started looking. It's funny how I don't know how many times I have read the first three chapters of Genesis. I mean, you know, I just keep reading it over and over and over again. And every time I go back and read it, it seems like I get something new, you know. Uh, I heard a preacher say one time, he said, um, he said, the Bible is pregnant. And every time, you know, you open it up and read it, it, it you know, it bears new new children, you know, it bears new fruit. And uh, yes. it's always, it's always producing, you know, for what you need at that particular point in your life, you know. And uh, anyway, I got to read uh, Genesis chapter two and uh, specifically two verses. And I noticed that there in, in the English, in the King James, it seemed like, uh, hold on a minute, this doesn't make any sense, you know. And so when I when I noticed it, I said, okay, let me go back in there and go look at every single word and go see, um, you know, what it, what it could mean. You know what I mean? Amen. And yeah. uh, I mean, I know how they interpreted it, and I know that when when the people who interpreted the 1611, you know they even gave us a message in the front of it saying that, um, you know, we've done our best here, but um, you need to do your own work and yes. uh, go back behind us, right? Yes, sir. So, make, you know, sure with that, that in mind, go ahead. Yes, sir. No, I was just saying that way they said though that we just don't take their word for it. We need to go back and do our due diligence and make sure of the the, the right and pure interpretation of what is being said. Exactly. And and if you've got like a post-1611 uh, version, you really got to be careful. I mean, I've found words all over the place that um, were, you know, they were written a certain way, but when you go back and look, that doesn't make any sense at all. And uh, um Anyway, um, I'll read you these two verses, and, you know, I said, hold on a minute here, you know. And so it's Genesis 2.8 and Genesis 2.10. It says, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Uh, so it says the garden is in Eden, out on the east side of Eden, right? And there he put the man who he had formed. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. <laughs> Hold on a minute here. It just said that they planted the garden eastward in Eden, and now it says, and a river goes out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became in the four heads. Well, you know, when you think about, <clears throat> like if you think about a, um, when I was younger, my father-in-law had a sailboat, and he used to ask me to go and help him sail it, you know, about 26 foot long. And uh, 
and I was in the Navy. I was a boatswain's mate in the Navy, and so he said, um, he said, hey, can you help me come sail it? And we would, you know, leave out of the slip, and we would go get in this river, and then we would end up in this bay. And uh, and interesting thing is, is the mouth of a river is where it empties out in the bay. So when it says, so I, I thought to myself, okay, this river is going out of Eden, so Eden has got to be in the high place, and uh, and then it parts and becomes four heads. All right, something is wrong here, <laughs> you know, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so so I went about the work of going, and I mean, this took me hours and hours to do it, and I just kept praying that y'all would, you know, reveal, you know what it was really saying here you know and so i went and pulled all these different um bible dictionaries I, you know i've got a strong that's um pre-1965 and uh i wouldn't have one that was post-65 that's uh you want a strong for the strongs you know for the strong you want a strong for the strong right <laughs> yes sir yes sir and uh and there's just too much you know funny business going on post-65 um, you know, Brown Driver Briggs and Thayer's Dictionary. I went, you know, I got all these dictionaries, and um, I even I pulled out my Greens interlinear so I can go look at the letters and see, you know, what what you know, see if I couldn't make up my own mind what was what was trying to be said here, you know. And and the thing of it is, is at first, I, that's how I was thinking about it. I said, you know what. I'm going to sit down to work, and I'm going to do the work, and I'm going to make up my own mind here. And as I got to doing the work, I realized, unless God shows me the meaning here, I, I could be at you know I could be at this for a while, you know. <laughs> so I said, well, maybe that's the whole meaning of the thing, you know. And so I just kept plowing, and uh, and so you know I'm not going to bore you with all these these words and all, but I'll reread verse eight of, of um, how, you know, I've, I've found after, after searching through all the words and then going to the, to the, to the roots of the words, you know what I mean? Not just going to the first root, the second root, even to the third root, if it's possible to really kind of see the, uh, the nature of what's being said. And, uh, well, verse 8, after doing all that work, let me read it again, and then I'll read how I came to realize how, you know, so then the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man who had formed. But check it out, though. After going through all this work, I came up with, and the Lord God set up the most ancient church-state system based on intelligence and wisdom from ancient times of love and mm-hmm. and what it what it dawned on me is that what it's saying here is that <clears throat> the garden is if if you want to think about it as the um as a man garden could be set up as a man man is constituted as a state and what it's saying here is that this is a perfect man 
Yes, sir. And what I mean by perfect man is that wisdom is flowing to this man as a river flows and waters a garden uh, through its tributaries and, or whatever. Um, you know, as water, let's say, flows to water to 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 nourish a garden, wisdom is flowing to this perfect man from God. But but this man only understands this wisdom that is coming to him in the context of love. If you if you wanted to talk about faith, this man's going to be a little bit upset if it doesn't contemplate love. And uh, isn't that beautiful? You know what I mean? Yes. So, like, that's the that's the, the true garden of God. Um, so, so then I started praying on it. And <clears throat> I said, well, okay, that seems to be, like, the, the, um, the outer meaning. But what is the inner meaning? You know, I want to know, you know, what does this mean in context of in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So I want to know the innermost meaning as it relates to, to God as the, the king of kings, the, the ultimate, the absolute, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it came. It's the garden planted eastward in Eden is God. Because he placed the man, and, and doesn't the New Testament say we live, move, and have our being in him? Yes, sir. And so you go and you look up the word Eden, and, and you start to chase the word Eden to its, um, to its roots. Um, it's really interesting. The, uh, the, 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 first, the first root means pleasure or delight uh and and then but as you keep tracing the roots it comes down here to hebrew word 1040 it means house of pleasure and when you look at hebrew word 1004 which is its root it literally means a house in 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 relation to a family uh, or a court and that's why I came up with the. Um, this was the. This was the. If you if you want to call it the the state which was set up by God to to uh, to basically be the um, uh, the model for 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 everything. I mean, this was what you know, like like Israel later was supposed to be the people of the I am. You know, again trying to set up a people who would have their identity in God and, and walk with God. You know what I mean? I mean, to, to walk with God means that you're, um, that that man understands that it's not his intellect. It's not his understandings. It's, it's, this is coming directly from the father and you, you give it up. You give up trying to say, I figured this out, or you know, I did this work to even have the the inclination to go about to do the work has has to come from somewhere else, and and you know, and that's where like you know, when I got involved with doing this work, um, 
last night. And geez, I, I didn't give it up till like 6 a.m. <laughs> but, but what came out of it for me was like a really deeper understanding. Okay. And, and so before I go into the next verse, I wrote a thing last night in regard to principle and attribute. And, and so think about it like this right here. And I wrote it in, in regard to a radio, and then I moved it over into uh, a pond. And this is, this is what came to me about that. When you, when you look at a radio, the, the radio is picking up a signal. So there's a river that flows out, and, and that's the signal. Yes. Right? And the radio um, picks up that signal. But like, let's say you had, let's say you had a ham radio. If you've ever seen a ham radio, man, there's all sorts of bells and whistles on a ham radio, right? And you could turn up the bass and turn down the treble, or maybe you you want to turn up the gain or whatever. I mean, there is just tons of ways to specialize the broadcast. Yeah. And let's say you you juxtapose that against you know some guy who's just got like a boombox on his shoulder. He's only got a few dials on his radio. And and the point is, is that the signal is not the broadcast. The signal goes through the radio. And then, you know, with all the bells and whistles on the radio, then you hear the broadcast. Amen. It's like, like if you take a, a pebble and throw it on a pond, the wave on the pond is not, the water, the wave is the attribute of the water, yeah. right? And so just like the broadcast is the attribute of the signal. So then the broadcast is a function of, um, it's a function of the radio or the vehicle, you know, the pond, whatever, right? Now think about the signal in terms of the spirit that's within us that's receiving this water of God, even though we don't we don't necessarily know it at some times and in and other times we just we just completely say this is this is mine this is my thought my idea uh nevertheless we we all receive this signal but how it's interpreted and shared with the world is up to us that's the, the the signal is coming from God, and is God, but the but when it comes through us, that's how that's how we God is individualizing uh, something called Michael Joseph, something called Kim uh, Jim, sorry Jim Jim Davis. It's going through our our uh, you know body, our radio, our pond, so to yeah. speak, and and so. You know, now the really interesting thing is, is that Paul writes in the New Testament, he says, he says, hey, man, there's this thing where you have like this outer man and this inner man. And the outer man is a flesh man. The inner man is a spiritual uh, self. And it seems like they're always at war with each other. And. And so what, what, you know, I was asking Father, I said, is that what you're talking about here? 
And, and the answer was no, it's higher than that. What he's talking about here in Eden is when the outer man and the inner man make peace and the inner man knows without a shadow of a doubt that he can do nothing without the spirit, without that signal, without that water to come and water that garden, he can do nothing. That's true. And so at that point, he, he, he realizes that it's, it's the love of God, which is, which is his life. That's the, that's the water that, that, uh, that stream, if you will. And, uh, so I went and looked at verse 10 because verse 10 calls it a river. And I thought, okay, well, all right. So, so you go look at that word and guess what? <laughs> Figuratively, it means prosperity, you know, and, it's just they're they're talking in code because you know you can see how the ancient people they looked at nature and they looked at nature as examples uh, as symbols to show man about himself to learn about himself yes and so man clearly is is called a garden and and this this water or whatever uh is 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 love um it's the wisdom that's coming from god to us it's really kind of a beautiful thing you know uh to me i thought it was incredible to take this apart and to really understand it so so in in uh verse 10 again it says and a river went out of eden to water the garden and thence and from thence it was parted and, and became unto four heads well, after much work, and again, I, I won't bore you with all the work, uh, it, that same verse can be rendered, and wisdom flowed out of love to sustain the intelligence. And it came to pass, after, after some time, intelligence of man became better understood as they related, as they related to love from God. <laughs> It it literally you let I I can share the work with you. It's incredible that that's how you can render that verse. Wow. And so then you got these four rivers, these four heads. And the really interesting thing is, okay, look, I'm I'm an I'm a I've worked as a civil engineer for a long time, and uh, when we, you know, we design stormwater ponds, and it's incumbent for us to know, like, the hydrologic cycle of water. And you think that the ancients were dumb about this stuff, but they, just the opposite. So when you, you look at an ocean, all rivers flow into the ocean, right? They're going to always end up in an ocean. You know, everything goes downhill. Water goes downhill. And, but get it, what happens from the ocean is the water evaporates, the winds blow it, and and it hits the mountain, right? And what does it do when it hits the mountain? It it becomes rainfall, right? Yes, it does. And and then it flows down the mountain. So it's really interesting about this river. What it's really saying here is that the head and the mouth come from the same source. Yes. And. And it's really a beautiful thing like that because 
these four heads where it says it parted into the four heads, what it's really saying here is that each one of this, these heads is a way that, that man began to understand himself in relationship to God expressed in love in this, in this, uh, it's, it's coming above a, a, an ideal. I, I know like when we were children, you know, it was, it was taught to us that God is a man. He's anthro, the Bible sort of anthropomorphized is, uh, God is a man. But the scriptures yes. are clear about it. It says God is not a man. Yes, sir. And it was just a way that we could, with our limited five-cents mind, we could come to get a better grasp of what's being said, you know, through the emotions. And uh, we could be given pictures, word pictures, so that we could, you know, somehow get a, get a, um, a hold of what's being said here. Yes, um, unfortunately, uh, you know, with with um, religion, we see that men began to worship the symbol, and um, well, that's a problem, you know. And um, instead of realizing the principle and realizing the attribute of the principle in themselves, so like you know, when it talks about the first head, I, I, I won't go through the names and all, but I broke all this down. Uh, well, when I say I, please forgive me. I have to give all credit to the Father that, that opened my eyes about this because I've been reading Genesis now. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've read Genesis. Okay. But, okay, the first head is the intelligence of faith, which is derived by love. So, you know, love is the principle, and faith is the attribute. Okay. And we have to go back to, you know, the head. Like when you look at a river, the head of a river is at the very top of the mountain, right? I mean, you know what I mean. Like the water falls on the mountain, goes through the streams, flows down through the creeks, and ends up at the river. Well, all right, so the head is higher up, all right? But did did the water just magically appear, or did it come from the ocean? It came from our source. It came from God. Amen. It only seemed to us that it came from somewhere else, you know, but if God gave you talents, gave me talents to do civil engineering, and if all of a sudden it's given to my mind to go explore things and that have to do with engineering, how can I then say that I'm the one who decided to do this or I'm the one who decided to do that? Well, where did the thought come from? Is there is there another ocean out there? You know, is this not the same analogy of the water evaporating off the ocean, going up to the mountain and flowing down the hill, and me mistakenly believing it was my idea? You know, is not God our sustainer? Is not Christ all and in all the light that lighteth every man that comes into the world? And so the river too is the knowledge of what is good and what is true derived of love. So good, so love is the principle, and what is good and what is true, they are the attributes. You know, it's like this. Physics tells us, or, you know, I can tell you, modern-day physics is wrong. 
And and this came to me um, the other night too. Physics tells us that light is a wave. Well, is the pond a wave? Is water a wave? No, a wave is the attribute. A wave is an attribute. A pond is full of water. Light is a wave is absurd. A wave is describes the light. It's like calling fire heat. <laughs> fire gives off heat, you know. And and so what is good and what is true comes from God. And and that's why when the guy came up to Jesus, he said, "Good master." He said, "Hey, hey come on, man." Come on. He said, there ain't one that's good, and don't call me good. And and I, I like that. He, he, he makes the, the separation between, you know, that which is the river that's flowing out of Eden, which is to say, you know, I've heard preachers say it like this, under flowing, because I think in the book of Ezekiel, it talks about this river which flows out from under the throne. And, you know, basically it's just saying that God's the king and uh, the creator and that uh, God's love sustains us all. And uh, I think it's just so the, the next river is, uh, well, you know, think about your mind. Do you have the ability to reason? Do you have the ability to, to take a thought and to chew on it a little bit? And and then you know after a while after you've meditated on it for uh, for let's say ten years <laughs> you know um, sometimes you know y'all be blessed you know you get clear sightedness all of a sudden you know the clouds part and and you just it just comes to you almost like effortless effortlessly. It, it it's like oh that's what it meant you know this whole time I've been working it was so simple how could I not have seen that well you know I've heard them say things like well before in the past preachers talking about the Holy Spirit saying things like well it just wasn't given to man to understand at this particular time through the Holy Spirit and I can see now what they're what they're what they're talking about you know. It it really is two trusts. There really are only two trusts in the world, and we can begin to trust in ourselves, in our own intellect, which basically is not really true because it's not really ours to begin with. It flows to us from God. Um, and so the the fourth river is the rational mind. And and you think about that when you look out your windows today and you see all this hyper emotional um, discourse, people running around talking about they're woke and saying they're social justice workers or warriors, I guess it's warriors, uh, just goes to show how much I pay attention to it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what happens when the money goes away? What happens when the federal government says, you know what, uh, we're not we're not allowed to pay you to sit at home and have all these feel good ideas that you're you know you're the one doing it, you know, then you're going to start to see you know the truth because you know the Bible says if it ain't written on your heart, 
what does it say? I can't quote it exactly, but it says, in those days, I will write my laws upon your heart. And, mm-hmm. you know, once it's written in our heart, we, it, it becomes who we are. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And, uh, um, but you can see, as you look out your window today, all this discourse, um, uh, all of this irrational behavior, which is, uh, you know, emo- it's basically unchecked emotion you know, which is being allowed to be spewed wildly in all directions. Well, in the, in the, in the analogy, Adam is the mind and Eve is the emotion. And, and you know how, I mean, Eve has, that's just one outworking. There's many, many different outworkings of that, um, depending on where you are in the temple. I would say that Adam being the mind and Eve being the emotion is probably in the outer court. Okay. All right. But, you know, in Genesis 2.14, and there's an interesting um, set of words here. It says, a river which goeth eastward towards Asher. And Asher is the, the third, you know. And and literally, it, it just dawned on me. The river is going eastward towards Ashward. Well, the east always has to do with God. It has to do with the light. Why? Because the sun rises in the east. It's not that, you know, they worship the sun, but but what did it say in, in Genesis? And God said, let there be light, and God saw the light, and God um, named the light. He, he called the light day. So, you know, the dawning of the day or the coming of the light is, a symbol of the coming of um, illumination, uh, inspiration. And inspiration, of course, would be in love, right, for our good and for our truth. So it turns out that the broadcast, as it comes through our radio, quote-unquote, or our body, uh, our whatever you want to call our conscience, okay, may or may not be real because Hey, look, what if I turn down the volume, <laughs> right? Hey, if I turn down the volume on my radio, it doesn't mean that my radio is not still picking up the signal. It is. It is. And as we, we, um, we get more and more mature in our, in our walk, we can then come to a point where we can realize that, hold on a minute. This aspect of whatever I call I, I, which is Michael Joseph, okay, that's the broadcast. That's the individualized um, expression of God, okay? But as we get to the point where we begin to understand that this this signal which is flowing, this river which is flowing um, to water the garden, which is man, is coming from the Father. And we can now say with confidence, I have the Christ mind. I and the Father are one. With understanding even. And 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 I mean these two tiny little verses, man, which seem almost, you know, like they they don't even make any sense in the English. All of a sudden as you start digging you know, was shown 
you know, again, I give credit where credit's due. Y'all, you know, opened my eyes and, and let me see. And that, you know, man, in a sense, is like an antenna. It's like a receiving station, or if you want to call it, like a radio. And that signal, that river, uh, it's, it's flowing from God. It's, if you want to call God source, okay, fine. I don't know. I don't know what to call God, honestly. I mean, even the term God is like, you know, <laughs> it seems to me in my mind, it's, even that is a limiting term. And I don't want to limit God. So I don't know exactly. Am I going to call God he, she, it? I, I don't know. I, I, uh, my mind fails me there. And that's where I think the writers of of the of the you know old testament and new testament for that matter um they had to somehow reach down and touch you know the limitations in man in a way that man could understand these relationships and um so then the key at the end of the day is god is god is both the feeder of the garden god you know in other words all they say all rivers flow into the into the sea god is the sea which both receives the the uh the gosh okay uh all the activity that happens you know in man is happening by god through man and returning back to god yes and so the question is, what's everything, everything belongs to God. And the only thing that belongs to man is man's choice. That's it. Everything else belongs to God. <laughs> That's really a strange thing. And, and so then you say, okay, well, hold on a minute now. Hold on a second. Am I, where am I in the walk now? Am I in the flesh consciousness? Am I in the spiritual consciousness? Or am I in the, what I'll call the celestial? You know how he says this body, there's there's the terrestrial body and the celestial body? Or there's the glory of the sun, that's the celestial, the glory of the moon, which is terrestrial, and the glory of the stars. And one star's glory differs from another. And so there's different estates. There's different conditions in man's uh, maturation as he's returning back to that garden of of Eden, or if you want to call it the garden of delight, or the garden of unity, where I and the Father are one. Uh, Well, if I and the Father are one, then I'm going to walk in atonement or at one everywhere I put my feet. Everywhere I put my feet is a function of the grace of God manifesting in this life that I'm experiencing. Because it's God's life. God's life. God thought of a Michael Joseph. <laughs> it's beyond my ability to to put in words it's so magnificent when you take it into your being and you really think about it god thought about you god you know god said hey i want someone like you 
Amen. <laughs> and I want you and I to have this incredible relationship. And, you know, I want you to know that I love you and and that, you know, you can't even imagine my love for you. And depending on where we are in our understandings, it seems as if God is somewhere and we're somewhere else. Maybe God is the ocean and we're on the mountain, you know. But then the closer you get to the answer, you realize God's the mountain too, you know. (laughs) God's the body. The body can't exist outside of God. And then you see, take off your shoes, Moses. See, Moses, you know, the struggle between Moses and um, Pharaoh is the struggle between our rational mind and our central ego. And, And when Moses finally, he says to the central ego, Pharaoh, just let me go, man. Let me go with all my thoughts and desires, my people. Let me go and let me go worship God in the wilderness. Do what you're going to do, but let me go. And the ego says, how are you going to take care of us? Okay, we're used to eating pretty good. All right. <laughs> and we kind of like, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. And and then he, he goes out in the wilderness and he has all these experiences where he in in his walk in the in in our rational thought process it eventually becomes illuminated well the illuminated rational mind is the mind in, where moses stands before the burning bush and god says take off your shoes man this place is holy He's saying he's the burning bush is your soul yes. that's on fire and does not go out. Amen. And and he says this place is holy, man. The whole thing is a holy experience. It only seemed to be a, a separation because in your maturation it 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 seemed to you through through your radio, your your um means of perception if you will you know where it says that if if your if your eye be single your whole body will fill with light i like to interpret it like this if you are at one minute if you have tuned in to the frequency that which is god whatever i know frequency doesn't quite get it i understand okay and i don't want the connotation of frequency to just drive the thought i'm saying you tune into that one river, that stream which waters the garden, which is man. When you walk in that stream, you've, you've found grace. You've found grace. And is the God of all who, whose love contemplates the good and the true going to lead you into lawlessness? Law is written for the lawless. You ever, ever wondered about lawyers and the whole system of... Um, jurisprudence all the way down to the police officer in the street it's all for the lawless 
if people started keeping the law, that entire system would go away. Yes, it would. There'd be no job to do. <laughs> the lawyers would be out of out of um, out of business. And so, if we walk by grace, if we walk in, which is to walk in the good and the truth, which is provided to us by God, when we understand that there's one river, then who are we to make judgments? about if something is good or bad. It comes from God, right? Is God good or not? And, and so when we start to make judgments, well, now we're tuning our radio. Ah, well, I like a little more bass, maybe a little less treble, you know. And when we start tuning our radio, that's what Jesus is talking about when you take the kingdom of God by force, you know. We have the choice. We have the choice to control this flesh consciousness. It's it's our choice. We can take total control of it, or we can we can release it, and we can attune it to you know to submit to to the spiritual man. And 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 what does this? What does it say about the spiritual man? We looked at that last week. Good Lord. I had no idea what we were going to really get into tonight and felt completely tired. And now I'm all jacked up and it's just, uh, just thank you, Father. And, you know, the spiritual man, it said, I can't quote it um, chapter and verse, but last week it said that the spiritual man judges all things, but he is judged of no man. So, you know, in, in the transition from flesh consciousness, the next stop is the spiritual consciousness. And then the next stop is, is complete unity or the celestial consciousness, which is, you know, what I believe when one walks into uh, transfiguration at that point. And that's the message. You know, Jesus said, um, he said to Martha and Mary, uh, Martha was talking to him. and um, and uh, he says, he says, um, he says, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And and he says, do you believe this? And she says, Yea, Lord, you're the resurrection. In her own, now they got to understand, Mary and Martha represent two different church systems, which represent. One represents the spiritual, and one represents Mary represents the the celestial. Mary is just happy to sit at his feet. Her life is a function of his life. I can do nothing except the Father. It's the Father that works in me. And and so Mary and Martha are two churches in the external, but they are two aspects of our soul in the internal. And Martha, who's running around, Martha's that church system or the soul, which thinks, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that if I'm going to please God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, make sure we got enough food, we got, we got our settings at the table, we got this, we got the other, and make sure, uh, boy... I better better watch my tongue. There, there's ten there's ten things there. Um, you know, got to live that moral. Okay. He says, "Hold on a minute, Martha." He said, "It's enough. We got enough here. All you're running around is is you don't need to do that." And she said, "Yea, Lord, thou art the resurrection 
in other words, she's looking for uh, she's looking for death. As she's, I wouldn't say that she's in love with death, but death is her vision. Because he says, "Yea, Lord, thou art the resurrection." And then he says to her, "If you will, if you could only believe, you would not die." And and the message is, I got news for you. It's like uh, it's like Ted Nugent. Unbelievable! I'm riding down the road today, and I'm listening to "Stranglehold" by Ted Ted Nugent, a rock and roll guy. And and I'm listening to the radio, and the thing says, he says. He says, some people say you're going to die one day. He says, I got news. You don't have to go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I said, good Lord. You know? And then he starts in, come on, come on up. And I said, I'm over here. Come on, come on up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so Amen. I can get down with that, man. You know, God is our source. God is our life. What is there death in God? The only reason man experiences death is because that's what's in man's vision. That's what's in man's heart. Yes. That it's like. Go ahead, Jim. You were saying. No, I just saying, and that's a lie, because he said in right. him there is no death. You know, it, it's life eternal, and man, you know they t- we take it. Uh, it's it's a fallacy. There is no death mm-hmm. in God. You can never die. But see, you're you're associating yourself with the body. But little do you know that you can change that. If you go to the eighth chapter of Romans, it's there. It tells you that this corruptible, talking about the flesh, must put on incorruption. That's right. And I mean, but. It, well, I didn't mean to interrupt you, brother, but, uh, I mean, it's all there if we choose to look. And even in the four Gospels, it tells you not everyone is going to see death. He tells us the last enemy to be defeated is death. How do you defeat death? In your mind, in your belief system. Mind. And by applying it. Applying the truths of the Almighty. Sorry, brother. Go ahead and continue, please. No, beautiful, man. Look, I, the fact of the matter is, brother, this is what the call was all about, man, is that people would speak on, brother. I mean, if if, if you're moved to speak, then speak and share, you know? I mean, look, I'll pass the pipe. Go ahead. You speak, you know? <laughs> you know, right? I mean, it's Amen. great that because, yes. you know, I, I know that there has to be order. I, I understand that. If we're gonna if we're gonna grow together, everybody doesn't have the same talent and and I know that there has to be order in that regard, but there has there doesn't have to be domination and and that was my single beef with the um with the religious systems that I that I experienced, you know, as a child was that it seemed like me at least was that um, the pastor kind of dominated the people, and and um, they never got to say anything about anything. You know, it just it just that's no good. 
you you don't want to always be the guy with all the, you know, I talked to God last night, you know, like I've got a bat phone to God, you know, the red <laughs> bat phone to God. I'm sorry you don't have that, you know, but, you know, but we all have that. We all have that. And, and having um, room for other people to come in and share and, and even speak. And I want to say this, and I know you feel the same way, Jim, that if anybody's on this call and at the beginning of the call, they say, hey, you know, something's been laid on my heart and, you know, hey, we're ready to listen. And, you know, I humbled myself before that. Um, I know that there has to be order and there's a moderator here in case somebody is just playing games and you know what I mean by that. Um, but, you know, in all sincerity, as we're all brothers and sisters together in one family of God, something's been laid on your heart. Speak it. Speak on. Hallelujah. We're ready to hear it. Amen. And, uh, hey, well, guess what? This <clears throat> garden, remember how we talked about how the garden in the inmost sense is man himself? Well, you know, in, in the um, fifth chapter of Isaiah, and, and I'm going to go there in a second, but in this word garden, it's Hebrew word 1588, and it literally means a fenced. It, it, in other words, it's garden in the sense that there's a fence around it. Um, and you go look at its root, 1598, and it talks about a hedge of protection, a place of defense. Right, Amen. and so you can see now where the kings and queens got the idea of the state in terms of the citizenship that that the the government would be there to protect the rights of of the citizens that are that have all decided that they're going to live together in society, and and that's a beautiful thing if. You know, if the leadership and the citizens and um, recognize that it's God that is given, you know, it, it, the 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 mere ability for this to exist is is God, you know. And now look, let's go over here real quick. Now we had this garden idea. Check out Isaiah five. It says, "Now I will sing of my well beloved." Now, check that out, my well-beloved. Oh, yeah. I will sing. No, excuse me. I, now I will sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his garden. <laughs> hmm. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it mm. and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. He gave us choice. Wow. He gave us choice. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge. I pray you betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done to it? Wherefore, 
when I looked that it should bring forth grapes. I mean, how was it when I looked that it should bring forth grapes that I found it says wild grapes? I challenge you to go check me out on that word wild. You'll be shocked. It's poisonous. Poisonous grapes. He says, and now go to. I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. Now, did he say he was going to do this to the garden, or did he say that he was going to do it to the vineyard? The vineyard and the garden are two separate things. Man is the uh, is the garden. Okay. Uh, what does the scripture say? I am the vine, and you are the branches. So he says, I will take away the hedge thereof. Now, when he took away the hedge thereof, that is an expression of the, the in, in free will, we were allowed to be prodigal sons. And we went into a faraway country, which we perceived in our error that it was somehow apart from God. Okay? When he says he's taken away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trotted down. Look at the life of the prodigal son in the, in the analogy. He goes, and he has a little spending money. He hasn't lost his true estate. His true estate as a son of God is still there. And the inheritance is in abeyance until he returns and claims it. Okay, and he goes into a faraway country. That's flesh consciousness. And he, he lives it up, man, with his friends until his money's about ready to run out. Well, what's his money exactly? Isn't that his life? And then, with no friends around, he's like, man, <laughs> even the servants. In my father's house, had it better than I've got it here. And he chooses. He 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 makes a U-turn. <laughs> that's the that's the metaphysical meaning of the the letter J. The J is the descent. The 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 U on the other half is the descent and the ascent down at the very bottom. You've got the, the reflection. If you've got a J that's reflected across its center point, makes a U, doesn't it? So you have the descent, and now you've got the ascent. And as we we go through this, we go through these stages of maturation, we come to um, to know the truth that that what was really happening here was there's but one signal which which Without this river that flows out of Eden, so to speak, which flows out of God, I could have no existence. But when he took away his hedge, he, he gave me free will, and he gave me the ability to turn the, the, turn the dials on this radio, so to speak, this vehicle. This, I want to call it a body, but honestly, body doesn't get it done, does it? Because, you know, this, this material body 
is just a manifestation of my belief systems, else how could there be transfiguration? So it has to be the radio, in a sense, has to do with the consciousness that I have. Can't I turn down the volume if I don't like the signal? Can't I pretend it's all my ideas? And and I use the word pretend. Actually, I say I used it. I didn't even give a second thought to it. It just flooded off my tongue. But it's the perfect it's a perfect word because everything done after that is not real. It seems real. It seems true. Not. It's it's walking in a in a sense of separation, but Jesus comes and he says, "Look, I'm here to establish your name, Father, to give them your name." And what we know what name means name means character. So when you look at the life of Jesus, he's showing you the nature and the character of of you know Almighty God, and and look, there was a woman that was caught in adultery. Thank you, Father. And this woman is mankind. The whole Bible, from end to end, is the, is, is the parable of the prodigal son. You could you could sum the whole Bible in one in one parable: the prodigal son. <laughs> and and this woman is caught in adultery. Did you ever notice how they didn't catch the man? You know, I mean, come on, come on. She's in adultery. She's laying down with another man. We're talking about something physical, right? No, we're not. The woman is the soul, is 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 our individual soul, but collectively the soul of humanity. And she's caught in adultery. Well, what is exactly what the the, the Bible does never leaves us wanting. The word adultery defined in the Bible is idolatry. Okay. And <clears throat> well, if I think that here I am up on the mountain and God's down there by the ocean, that's idolatry. If I think I've got to keep Sunday, that's idolatry. If I, another man said I got to keep Saturday, that's idolatry. <laughs> another man said, doesn't matter what day you keep, just keep you know a day sometime maybe you want to keep tuesday that's idolatry you know the word says christ became our passover and it says in my little children i labor in um birth pains until christ be formed in you what exactly the mind of christ okay now what does it say in, in, in the Philippians, I think? It says that uh, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus who did not count it robbery to be counted equal with God. Equal with God. All right. So what does he say to this woman? Which he's speaking to me. He's speaking to you. He's, and when I say you, he's speaking to all of us. I'm not trying to project. If I ever use the word you, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not standing up on top of the mountain and I'm looking down at you sinners in the desert, okay? I'm saying all of us. And uh, people like to use you power all the time as if they're somehow holy and everybody else is not, you know. Um, 
I'm right in the same boat with all of us. And but he says he's speaking to me. How do I say that? He says, "Woman, where are your accusers?" And he says, "I don't, I don't condemn you." I mean, that's the love of our Father. The Father doesn't condemn us. He says, now the next verse, the next, what he says next is everything. He says, go forth and sin no more. In other words, when we sin, that's what, if we, when we sin, that's what causes us the problem. It's our choice. We can walk by grace, okay, uh, and, and we can realize that all is God. And I know that that's a state of maturation that is high up on the mountain, so to speak, um, and is not necessarily even cognizable to someone who has just come to this walk, has just tuned in. Maybe they can't even contemplate that just yet. You know, I mean, when they go to church, the guy says, we're going to take communion. We're going to pass out the wafers. Here's a little bit of wine or some grape juice, and we're going to do this, that, and the other. Man, they've done something holy, you know. Okay, who am I to say that that's right or wrong for them? That's where they are. They're in kindergarten. That's fine. you got to have kindergarten too, you know. And, and But one day, they'll come to realize that I and the Father are one, and then they'll see Psalm 82, arise, O God, arise, O God and judge the earth and and that's the beautiful thing man in the um in the celestial experience it's unity you put on christ christ becomes you you become christ in other words father glorify me with the glory that i once had what did he give to the prodigal son when he returned he put a robe on him he put a robe on him, the coat of many colors, man. He put that coat of many colors on him. He said, for my son was once lost, man. Now he's found, man. I mean, the love in that, the love of 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 a father. Man, I've got two children, you know, and, uh, you know, golly. He became the but, uh, It is. It is. And, and you know, all of a sudden, you start to read about the seven churches, and you start to read all these other things. What is it called? It's called the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'd like to just add two other words so that we could better understand. The garden is man. So the revelation of Jesus Christ in man, man. When, when it's revealed to you that you are made in the image of God, and Jesus Christ is the perfection of the perfect idea of man and God. Amen. And the revelation of Jesus Christ is the understanding of the fact that the source and the head, the mouth and the head, all come from the same place. And therefore, everything that you see outside of you is connected and, and must be inside of you. If you look at a system of the universe and how it's laid out, that's how we're laid out. Mm. We just don't quite get it yet or whatever. Did you talk about the seven churches? 
Well, that has to be within us. There has to be seven powers within us. Well, there are. Different systems call them different things, but I'm used to calling them chakras. And um, there are. And, And, you know, look at how in Egypt that the Nile River flows from south to north which is really kind of interesting because when you look at a map, south is generally down and north is up. And, uh, and, and literally the Egyptians, they understood, they set up temples all along the Nile at the, at the different, you know, to represent the different chakra points in the temple. They called it, the, they called all of these temples collectively the temple of man. And the, and the um, the three pyramids are sitting um, just before the the delta, and that is coming up the spinal cord um, at the top of C1. You enter into uh, the Abdullah Oblongata, and and if you do a cross section at that point, it is just unbelievable. The pyramids are there, the two olives are there. What did he say that he would when he would come he would put his he would put his feet and it would split it would, it would split the Mount of Olives would split well guess what there's an olive on either side in in, in the cross section it's just you know it's just incredible that you, you say to yourself how did these ancients you know have any conception of of any of this I mean. The way I had been taught, they were a bunch of dum dums. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> We've been taught a lie. Yes, sir. MJ. I mean, modern modern physics can't even touch a pyramid. They can't even the the building materials that they use. Look look, just open right. your eyes and just go look at the ancient structures. Can we build those? Brother. Did you want to say something, Jim? Yeah. Uh, actually, Polcat did. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Polcat. Oh, well, you're spot on. Um, the ancient... I, I've spent my entire life studying uh, ancient civilizations, ancient cultures, ancient people. Yeah. And it's a common thread throughout the ancient kingdoms. Uh, they set their sites up as just what you said, that the the Temple of Man, uh, Solomon's Temple, that's where the story came from, from a much more older, older system. Um, just as the um, the pyramids represent Orion's belt, which is the Ark of the Covenant, which is showing you the, the seventh from Adam, Enochian uh, endocrine system. Um which was where the king of kings actually came from. Because when, when you look at uh, man from the, in, the, uh, in the zodiac alignment, or even the almanac, let's look, look at the almanac. It's always feminine, and then there's different, uh, for every four, what is, yeah, every four months, it goes to a different quadrant of the human body. Um, the endocrine system runs through all four quadrants of the body, and uh, it's really through the emotional 
the emotional charge is the system that that is the real motivator or mover of it, uh, which is why it's attributed mainly to the heart chakra. Um, the story of Pharaoh with Moses, and it said, and and Pharaoh hardened his heart, and Pharaoh hardened his heart, and Pharaoh hardened his heart, and then then it said God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, we really what it's talking about is is we forget how to feel, which is another basic uh, thing of meditation, learning how to feel the energy systems in the body and how they are attributed uh, to the body and how the energy flows and moves through the body, uh, circulated and, and, and focused by the breath, which intensifies it. Um, if you look at, say, the, the Shaolin monks, those people, you, you never see them wearing sports gear like we'd wear in a professional fight over here today as far as a, wearing, say, a cup. Because they have so much control over their bodily functions that before you could kick them there, they literally could draw their scrotum up into their inside their cavity and you'd never hit them. Just as you would hear Gary talk about how during the Crusades, the man on the battlefield could heal overnight. They knew the secrets of the mind and the body. And the more you, we study these ancients, the more we realize just how much they knew about the mind. And having these secrets and this knowledge, they didn't need a, a, a commercial system as we have today. It was unnecessary. They knew the sounds of creation. They knew the secrets of creation. Uh, if you can, if you can, if you know the sounds of creation, and can open and and create the new dawn in yourself, then you have control over all of nature, and and what and how it manifests. And the more we study these ancient cultures, the more we realize that they were all practicing the same internal laws. Yes, sir. They might have called different things. They might have uh, had different traditions, rites, and rituals, customs. But in reality, the practice, the mental game was the same. Uh, you know, we consequently, we talk about, you know, uh, eugenics today. Well, eugenics has been practiced through cultures for centuries. I mean, a good example of that would be, say, look at the Spartans. Uh, they held that baby up, and if it wasn't like a pristine lamb for slaughter, so to speak, they got rid of it. Yeah. They, you know, eugenics has been practiced for thousands and thousands of years. I'm not condemning or condoning it, but people should realize that there's nothing new under the sun. Amen. You're absolutely correct about the Nile Delta and how it flows uphill, which is really symbolic of the Kundalini fire. Yes, sir. Because the more we, we drop these levels, uh, it was acquainted to death because you're going deeper and beyond levels where the average person is asleep. Yes. And the average person can't go there because they they have not trained themselves to go beyond the average capability or limits, so to speak. 
And the more that we practice that, in reality, the more consciousness we are activating because the more focus and control we are, uh, are having within that realm. Um, consequently, which is why we were really supposed to, you know, I, I may be wrong on this, somebody can correct me, but from my research and from what I've seen, we're really supposed to meditate for about an hour and 20 minutes a day minimum. That would be 10%. Um, the more time we practice in that daily, that is really where that those deep realms come from. That's why we get the stories of why they uh, went into the desert for 40 days. Well, when you when you an individual takes these practices and they really submit to them. Uh, not we're going to have to make time. No, we've already got time. Uh, there's really nothing more important, so to speak. Um, when we do that, and we do it for at least 40 days, you're going to see things turn on inside of you that you never knew was possible. Your mind, your sharpness, your your your, your memory. Uh, and it's like anything else. The more we practice it, the better we get at it, the deeper we can go into it. Um, the calmer we become as individuals, I think the clearer we become because, you know, when you take in time to yourself, we live in a society where people really do not take time for their own selves. When in reality, nothing is more important than that. We talk of health, but in reality, we don't practice it one bit, for not as a, not as a national culture, so to speak. What we practice keeps us sick. Uh, because when we drop into these levels, even the, you know, our body's creating serotonin, uh, melatonin, the antioxidants in our bodies are increasing. Uh, we're not near as susceptible to sickness and disease. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you look at the 23rd Psalm. To me, everything about it is state in a state of meditation. Through the rod and the staff, that, that is your spinal fluid and your spinal column. That is the energies that flow through it. Because whenever that... Beautiful. The, the symbol of the Naga was half man and half serpent. It's really a man who's risen upon that serpentine energy. Yes, that's really, and that's why, that's really why we see, like in India, you know, they plan the flute. You see the cobra stand up. Cobra's deaf. You know, he's not hearing the music, but it's all symbolic. <laughs> yes. And that's really what it's symbolic of. Uh, you know, us coming to this understanding, it's, we've heard terms, you know, making the unconscious conscious. Well, the only way that we can truly wake it up it's by spending time in that realm. And in Egypt, that, that book, you know, um, uh, the Egyptian book of the dead was really coming forth by day, coming forth in the light, find them, finding the new light. That was why it was the second man, Adam. The first one was sacrificed. There's, a, there's always a level of sacrifice. You know, we're... we're where much is gained, much is also given. 
something that tells you. MJ, I mean, a wonderful orator here on these calls, but whenever I listen to him, I, I, I hear the countless hours of research. Because, you know, everyone is looking. But in my opinion, the greatest reward is to find ourselves. That's really what we're all looking for. Amen. That's where the happiness and satisfaction is. See, that term paradise, think about it this way. See, it was the tribes of Israel. Well, let's consider this from a tribal perspective. In paradise, man, fruit was on the on, on the vine. Fruit was on the limb. There was so much of it, it was on the ground. That was paradise. You wasn't going to go hungry today or tomorrow. The, the normal stri- struggle and strive of today was met. Subsequently, our, our minds are the same way. We're supposed to live in paradise. We're supposed to create our heavens. And we, 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 we're going to do it the same way that we've all created our own hells. That's, that's what we have to work up, wake up to. The, the, you know, in, in essence, the same thing that got us into the issues is, is the same thing that's going to get us out but with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. When we were children, we thought we acted like children. But the more we we make room for the gift, the more we, you know, you'd hear people say, I come in presence with the divine. Well, in reality, that can be a factoid. Because when we get deep enough, when we get deep enough in levels of consciousness, it's like defragging a computer. You have to basically turn that system off for it to reset. There's a level within us that when we descend to, or you could say ascend to in a way, <laughs> it trips a switch within us and it turns on a whole other system. The third mind, the reptilian brain, as they call it that, is kundalini rising. In reality, that's what we should all be striving for. Because when that's activated within us, we are, we are made anew from within. This is one of the great secrets that's never spoken of openly, or how to reach it. Because in reality, it's not one's gift to give to another. Although, although, just as in the biblical story, Elijah gave Elisha or Elisha his mantle. In a way, I truly understand that. Uh, because with Gary, um, he had me drop to level to such an extent one night. This was after about, really about 20, 30, I'm guessing, minutes of real deep meditation. He goes to real and energy behind me. That was when I first experienced the endocrine system turning on, the chakras opening, and feeling that kundalini come from the spine, uh, from the base of the spine, a little bit below your belt loops, rising up. And we've all felt this to an extent. Uh, When you're driving down the road and you go over a hump too fast or 
maybe you're on a, a ride at the at the carnival at the fair and who it turned my stomach so to speak you see chakra is turning in us that's what we're feeling the release of that energy um as it rises up and it gets to the heart at the heart it starts to really amplify and multiply multiply mm-hmm. so it goes from like a small string to a stream so to speak and as it comes up, and about the time it gets to the throat chakra, it turns into a, a, a mighty river, so to speak. It's like into a cobra, hooding out his neck and his head. And it runs up over you like that. And it's running over the top of you. And that's why they called it flaming tongues of fire set upon their head. It's, it's the sensation of that feeling. Yes. Because all of this, in reality, is the ultimate sensation of a feeling you can't see it you can't touch it you but you definitely feel it and see that's another aspect that we don't touch on very much uh, the true opening of the heart sensation which is the feeling we, we talk about a little bit in prayer you know it's feeling the feeling but in reality, it's feeling every sensation of it. The Indian, whenever he wanted rain, he didn't just, oh, God, give me some rain. He remembered the smell of the dust when it just started sprinkling. He remembered the coolness of the air and the way it, the atmosphere changed. You see, all of these thoughts are being emitted, and they're doing this collectively as a group. Yes, They're emitting one mind, one accord. This intent, this thought, prayer, it couldn't help but manifest. Amen. That's why when the the uh, Bureau of uh, Indian Affairs come along and they seen them doing the rain dance, why do you think they got so concerned? Because they knew the power that those people really possessed. Oh, yeah. so they put them in a boarding school, what they say? No more old religion, no more old language. Cut your hair. Forget everything you once knew. We, 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 we got another one already for you. <laughs> Can't even speak your own tongue. Yeah, you know. But, you know, th- this knowledge, it, it was a, a close-guarded secret, even within the tribes. You know, if you wanted to become one of them, you had to pass their rites, their rituals. You had to have the vision in a, in a lot of ways. And they'd know if you was BS or not. They could feel it. I mean, they they didn't need a lie detector machine. They they would they could detect it. You wasn't gonna fool. You could fool the fool, but you wasn't gonna fool them. They wasn't foolish because you know they practiced the wisdom of God, and that was foolishness to man. That's why they and you know consequently, if you go back and reread from a legal to a lawful perspective, uh, they wasn't called savages. They were called salvages with an L. You see, look up the legal term lost at sea. Just as Columbus made a legal claim on the land. (laughs) (laughs) They lawfully had lawful claim to. I mean, Chief Joseph had a... had a stone with over 4,000 years of his lineage on it. I mean, 
how are you going to come up with a, I mean, you got to come up with some type of a treaty to get them to sign because you wasn't going to come, you wasn't going to get around their birthright to it. No, sir. So they had to create a fiction and get them to sign on to the fiction. And that's what these systems always do. That's why we were told not to be deceived. Fear not and be not deceived. Two most repeated, uh, uh, basically, verbs in the in the in the Bible. That's how they get Israel to sin. Exactly. Got them to leave the law. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because they created an image. They created an adulterated, just like what MJ was talking about. Yes, sir. It's all an adulteration to it. Because the truth, you you can't see it with your eyes. You're not going to feel it. You know, the, the kingdom doesn't come by observation. They didn't say anything about not feeling it. Amen to that. The, the soul, what did everybody talk about? Oh, I felt it. Who had soul? I felt it. Yes, sir. We've been telling us all along. But the only way is to, to really dig deep within yourself and experience it. Once we experience it for ourselves, there's no unknowing it. There's, there's only the alteration of truth. But you realize what the truth really is, and it, it resides and exists within you, and you exist and reside within it. I once knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I couldn't tell. <laughs> That's why the scripture tells us, come up hither, come up higher, come into these higher, you can, you can call them dimensions, but the higher understanding to where you can see really what is, what it's all saying and telling you and who and what you really are and the power that you do have. And there, that's where the place is, nothing is impossible unto you. Because you've been there, you've done that, you, you've practiced it like you were talking about earlier, or poke at about the, the rituals and things like that, and you too, Michael, that we, that's why he tells us to test it and try it and see for ourselves that if he won't pour out a blessing on us where there's hardly room enough to receive it, that's where that scripture comes in. It's pressed down, shaken together, running over. There's so much there. It's not only, you're not only going to get all you need, but everyone around you and then some's going to get some. That's how powerful this thing really is. Here you go. I've got another uh, example for you. I like to take in airheads. I like to make spear points and stuff like that. Mm. And think of the concept. You have the immovable object, so to speak. Take the rock. I mean, it's solid. So you think. So it appears. You can take and prepare that edge just right, and you can give it a single blow. You send a shock wave. And depending on the angle of it, I'm sending a shock wave plumb to the other side of it if I wanted to. I could. Uh, I used to take cobblestone out to the railroad track, and I could hit them a certain way, and I could divide it straight in half. 
make matching blades out of it. Well, in my opinion, see, what we're doing right now, by putting all of this knowledge out there for people, whoever, whom, to whomsoever that will, it's like the shot that's heard around the world, like the mighty trumpet that's been sounded, so to speak. Once that vibrational frequency goes out, there's no stopping it. What seems to be solid, what seems to be movable, it doesn't matter. You can chip it away one strike at a time, one vibration at a time. The walls of Jericho came down the same way. Amen. You know, I think what we're doing here is so much bigger than ourselves. Yes, sir. Because this knowledge has been looked for and sought after. So many has lost their lives looking and have never seen nor heard. And this is going out freely, openly, to whomsoever that will. It's been, been hidden extensively for centuries. Because they knew, just like with Jericho, it would bring the, the walls down. There'd be no rebuilding it. 3,000 years later, you're still looking at ruins. And that's what it's going to do. These people are the ancient sea invaders. They brought the law of the sea upon the land. You can find the same stories took place in Egypt. The sea peoples. Same thing has happened here. I look forward to the day when we do return to the law of the land. And we do quit practicing piracy. And I think enough people are starting to wake up. We're going to come out of this house of bondage where we're no more numbered in Israel. I see a lot of change. I really do. Uh, I've said it all along. It's going to change. My only concern is what it's going to change to. That's why I love this call and I love what we're doing here. But with that, I'm going to back out and I'm going to go back to listening. Thank you for everything. Brother, thank you. you oh, man. That has a, wow, that's filled with power, brother. Hallelujah. And, uh, I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing by chance or coincidence. This is needed to be said and done at this time or what or it would not have manifested because everything's done decently and in order and like the father said it says he established the end from the beginning and uh, he already knew he went to the end to see the way he wanted it and he established it from the very beginning that it play out that way and I thank you, brother, for what you brought forward. It blesses my heart. Amen. Amen. Hey, hey, Polcat. Uh, um, <clears throat> I think last week you asked about an email address. Uh, if you want to email me privately, uh, um, it's Michael Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L, J-O-S-E-P-H 3111 <clears throat> excuse me at gmail.com and you're welcome to uh, 
to email me and privately and, and if you want um i can add you to you know i do a broadcast about you know sometimes two to three times a week and sometimes last night i did two in one night so uh you know <laughs> depends on how much the spirit puts on me and um um but yeah i mean i'm just throwing that out there if you wanted if you wanted to communicate that way so uh when you were when you were talking a minute ago uh, go ahead go ahead oh i was gonna say uh i tried to uh i tried to email you i don't know if i got the right one or if i put the right one or not but if if you can write down i'll just give you mine if you don't mind okay hold tight let me uh um There's a piece of paper when you need one. Okay, go ahead. Mine is real simple. Poket is me. I-S-M-E. Poket is me. P-O-L-E-C-A-T-I-S-M-E. Okay. At Gmail. At Gmail. Okay, good. Beautiful. And mine is All right, just, very good. Mine is just as simple as well, yours kind of Poket. Mine is it. Yava Yava Man at Gmail dot com. Why I have yours, Jim. I'm good to go. So uh so hey Jim, just so uh Polcat, um maybe what I'll do is I'll cop I'll I'll add you and C C U in on email I send to Polcat. He'll have he'll have both of it, Jim. How about that? That'll work. If I mean if it's all right with him. Okay. No, that's fine. Uh, I really thank you. Well, when you were talking a minute ago about the Garden of Eden, and you were talking about fruit, and and I know that you, um, I mean, it's where our minds naturally go about, you know, I mean, there was no want in for terms of food, things of that nature. But you know what? I well, as you were talking, I was picturing the fact that they probably walked around completely naked. And the atmosphere was different. Um, you know, it's clear the Bible talks about how there was no seas in the first age. Um, so they, they, they probably the atmosphere was all the waters were held in the atmosphere. There was, you know, I don't know the physics of it, but what came to my mind was um, the fruit that was plenteous was the nine fruits of the spirit they loved each other they were patient with each other you know long suffering you know peaceful but you know how you were but you know how you were talking about the you know the grapes the wild grapes yes sir yeah if you stop and think a grape is a fruit and we, you know, it says that he is the vine and we are the branches, you know, this body. And we had the branches, but the, the, the grapes, the wild grapes is the word you speak forth and speak out because whatever you speak out, it becomes. Right. And that is a fruit. And, uh, people say well you can't say that because they're they're looking at it from a literal sense it's right. not it, 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 i mean you can you can uh press the grapes and everything and make a delicious wine 
and you know and there's all kinds of scriptures through there telling you about the grapes and the wine that touches your lips and things like that i mean it, i mean it's a book about us the, the 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 bible in reality is a book about each of us we're all one and we're but from our perception in this three-dimensional paradigm we're seeing ourselves separate when in reality it is it isn't that way all everyone else and like me i'm an extension of you but it's it's how can i say pressed outwardly you know what i'm trying to say that mirror i'm seeing myself and yeah. you you're just an extension of me and the things the way you say whether it be good or bad it's those things that i either have to accept or i have to get in into subjection to myself and even some of the ancient poets if you look at the words that they say to know yourself is to know god and it says and to know god you have to know yourself i mean it's all there it keeps coming back right back in our face that's why even the world system will tell you what goes around comes around it's reminding you hey this is what it's all about but see we got all these here wild hair ideas about everything and like uh polecat was saying we're missing the boat so to speak have it you seen your wire okay it just goes right over our head you know and uh that's why it tells us to be to be still and know that i i is the i in me and the i in you be still and know that i i am god it's pointing right back at us and even in the beginning like you were talking about genesis he tells you thou shalt have no other gods before me the me is you and me we are the god we speak forth we do everything the father does and that's why the 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 analogy or the story when the messiah says why are you asking me to show us the father when you see me you see the father i and the father are one and the same and he said he created the flesh and dwelt in us because that's what it is so as long as we look at ourselves as separate from the father even though he's in us but we still within our mind's eye the way they taught us from our youth up that we're separate and we're not we can't be separated we can never be separated and you got some idiotic pope over there telling you he's going to excommunicate you i mean it's a laughing matter because he don't know no more than a man in the moon and i'm not trying to put anyone down but all i'm saying is in all seriousness either we're going to give all we got unto this divine eternal uh spirit 
or consciousness, whatever you want to call it, intelligence. Uh, I mean, it's all or nothing. And, and we're not here to play games or do that. He said, we're in this world, but we're not of it. And, you know, like he said, my people hear my voice and another voice will they not listen to. And he says, obedience, obedience is better than sacrifice. And that, I mean, it's so simple for us that he put it forward to us, but they made it so hard that we can't see it because, like he said, he chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. It's so simple, they, they, they make it so hard. When it's all right before you, just like you were saying, Michael and Polka. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a wonderful and mighty and glorious thing to be in the presence of the divine, eternal Creator. I am, and each of each of y'all. I mean, I crown. I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I can't. I count it a great privilege. To be in your presence, you know, and to hear the great and wonderful things that the Lord has put on y'all. I say, Lord, that's a wrong translation. That Yava has put within y'all to bring forth and to speak out that we may all together grow thereby and you know, move onward and upward from glory to glory or power to power or whatever you want to look at it or knowledge to knowledge. Because it's, it, that's what it's all about. And when you were talking about meditation earlier, it tells us to meditate on his word or that thought or that conception or that idea day and night. And keep it continually before our eye or our eyes, which is the light of the body or the soul. We, we meditate every second of the day. If you really stop and think about it, it might be on the good and it might be on the bad. We just got to guard over her, the mother of all life, which is that feminine aspect of spirit the middle subconscious mind. Because out of her comes the issues of life. And that's why the woman is symbolized as that, because she's the only one that can bring forth a child. But it's usually the desire of her husband that she brings it forward. I mean, it, it's all telling us in all these different stories through the scriptures. They're all telling the same exact story. It's about you. It's about me. If I do this or that or that or that, I'm going to be blessed and it's going to be pressed down, shaken together, running over. Or if I open my mouth in error and speak it out and cause ill or harm to my fellow man or brothers and sisters, I'm going to get the so-called ass whipping. You know, it's going to, it's going to tear me a new one until I repent of that and get it 
straight. And like you were talking about the the woman in adultery, when he asked, you know, you know that they had that that according to their law they had the right to stone man-made's law. And then they they asked they asked the anointed or Christ, what do you think about this? And he said. He that is without sin or missing the mark, which is good, good, and very good, you cast the first stone. And in actuality, no one could because they knew everybody they they knew they weren't living up to what they're supposed to. And they walked away. But then the, then the anointed or the Christ asked. Ask her, woman, where are your accusers? I have none. Well, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Don't miss the mark in your life, which is good, good, and very good. Just go practice it and do it and apply it, and you shall receive. Asking you shall receive. That's what he's telling us. He's just reiterating the same thing over and over and over and over again. Until we wake up and say, hey, I realize who I am and the power that I have and the love that I have should be towards my fellow man. Because he said to love yourself is to love God. How can you love, love God whom you say you love? And then you hate your brother or yourself. You can't. It has to all come forth as within, so without. Whatever's within us will manifest on the outside, whether it be in a, uh, how can I put it, in a physical type aspect or the verbal aspect of what we speak out it says we'll be known by our fruits and most people know within a minute or so of what you speak they know what manner of person you are that's why it says the tongue you know is an unruly member that sets on fire or destruction the very course of nature because you're the god manifesting it whether it be good or bad. That's why it tells us to guard over it, just like he tells us about the feminine aspect of the subconscious mind. Guard over her. You got to protect it. You got to watch. Keep it clean. Keep it good. Keep it swept. Keep it honest. You know? And uh, that's all I have to say at the moment. Thank you all for listening to me. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. I, I'd yes, like to just you. say one more thing, Jim, and then maybe we can open it up for uh, others to share. But, you know, the Bible mm -hmm. says, Jesus says, uh, it doesn't defile a man what goes in his mouth. It defiles it what comes out. And, and it's like you just said about the words. And, and in, back into the Genesis, it said, my spirit shall not always strive with man because he thinks evil thoughts continuously. Yes. You know. And uh, 
Yeah, right. So, I mean, I'm I'm in accord. I mean, that's two witnesses to what you're talking about, and that that we're we're coming out of the mouth, you know. So, because our words are so powerful, like he says, in the beginning, you know, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. If it was with God and was God, <laughs> and it became flesh and dwelt in us, so who are we? <laughs> exactly. well, let, me, let me tap into that, if you don't mind. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. <laughs> see, well, that word is really um, logo. It's kind of a, a, a wave, uh, a wavicle. And as we as we drop into that wavicle for so long, it's the whole trick is to take that wavicle and make it become particle. The word becomes flesh. Yes. So we're going from a wavicle to a particle. That's really see therein. That's where if once we got we we can get into this scientific realm. But when you get into quantum physics, it rewrites the entire book. Yes, it does. Because you're no longer in the field of the wavicle. You're in the field of the particle. Entire script has done flipped. See that—that's why their whole scientific basis in reality is a fraud. It's not that what they're telling us is a fraud. It's just it's not the whole story. No, sir. There's two sides of the river bank. There's two that's sides right. of the coin. They want to sell us just half of the river. <laughs> oh yes, sir. I usually tell them, you know, the word. I mean, science, are, you know, and. You know, true science, let me put it that way, true science in the word of God will agree. You know what I'm saying? If not, then, you know. Science, in my opinion, science is just the observation of God's nature. That's all that it is. It's the observation of it. It's not the totality of it. No, I agree, but they're trying to prove God through science and and that's why I tell them you're, you're never going to be you're never going to be able to do that. Uh, that's why I said the true science or the true aspect of what is from you know they're digging and digging and digging, and the 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 constants that they come across that they can see and prove and whatever, and and what's within that word. If they agree, and you can kind of. You know, one and one equals two, or more. You could say. But, well, uh, therein it lies the whole conundrum. You know, the the system is binaural. It's, it's really one plus one equals three <laughs> in well, reality. Yeah. You know, but they 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 push a narrative that's just really one sided, and uh, and at the same time want to want to preach how basically how woke and how absorbent they are but in reality it's just a it's an agenda nothing a lot of people see that but the the real agenda takes place within that six inch space between our ears you know we we have to build up the true temple the true church yes it's um when they say the one true God, that, that's real true in a lot of ways, in a whole lot of ways. Because until someone gets to that singular form within themselves, 
You've got to be exiled on the island of Patmos, basically. <laughs> but the real revelation, you, you can find it in your Bible in the Second Corinthians 13th chapter, 5th and 6th verse. And it tells you to study yourselves to see if Jesus Christ is within you. And basically what it says is that if you haven't come to this conclusion yet in your study, you may just be of a reprobate mind which is not necessarily a bad thing either. It just means one that needs instruction and correction. <laughs> yeah. But that's why the kingdom of heaven is also there, because yeah. these are all states of mind, and they, they haven't never told us the real truth. No. But as an individual starts to progress and starts to practice, really practice, not just, you know, it's one thing to practice meditating and just learn to learn to calm the mind. That's a necessity. But there's also other states of meditation that one can learn to practice. And there's breathing states. There's uh, focus states um, from uh, picturing different colors, creating different light frequencies within the body, which is in reality creating the, the true rainbow within us are the coat of many colors because these are what are activating the frequencies within the body because ultimately the, the the goal is to get all the frequencies all the juices flowing basically because we have to we have to overcome these personal blocks these are emotional blocks you know we're we're in a a system that basically tells us that it's okay for a woman to get emotional but a man needs to subvert all of that when in reality, that's the furthest thing from the truth. You know, that's why we have a lot of mental instability in this nation. It goes to show you that the practices that are being perpetuated to society, for society, are incorrect. You know, everything that we're doing in society, if it's not working, I think as a society, we need to step back and reconsider. I don't care if it is the traditions of our fathers. If they're correct, we need to hang on to them. If they're, if they're not, then we need to reevaluate them. There's no reason for, for a country as rich as what we have to be as unhealthy as we are and all the other problems that we're, we're dealing with, or, or should I say we're really not dealing with. But I'll get off my soapbox. No, but he tells us to test, <laughs> test our weapons and try <laughs> You know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, or and our feet shod, you know, with the gospel. And, you know, there's there's just so much there. I mean, it's all, every bit of it's just pointing back to each of us. Where we come to the realization is that we are the one. We are the one. Like but as a nation, we're going to have to be one, too. No, I, I agree, brother. Well, what I mean is, in reality, we are all one, but yet we're in this paradigm, this three-dimensional aspect that's taking place here. We see ourselves as individuals and separate. And all it is is y'all, each of y'all are, are myself pressed outward. And I am that to y'all. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Absolutely, yes. And uh, yes, you know, we're each, we're, 
uh, we're each walking around with our own story, our concept and ideas of us. That's why a lot of people say, well, no one, understand, no one understands what I'm going through or what's happening to me. And others come up there and they've been through the, those very things or things similar and they can, you know, kind of understanding and help you through the whatever you're going through. But people, they, they, how can I put it? They block everybody out because they think everybody's separate. They're, they they believe, oh, well, they're going to judge me. They're going to this. They're going to that. They're going to know how I really am or whatever the case may be. But what you say and what you speak out and how you act, you're a written epistle to be seen of men. They already know a lot about you by what you say, the things you do, and how you conduct yourself. It's all out in the open. You can't hide anything. Because some people are just too busy. They're not paying attention. Like I see many people a lot of times say, well, you know, I want to help them, and I probably could have, but I didn't. Because you didn't bother to slow down enough to where you can see what your brother or sister was really going through you know to where you know you might have been the person if they hypothetically god forbid that they checked out but you could have been you were put there for a purpose and a reason and you didn't adhere to it or trust in it or rely on it like the scripture says and then it goes a different way. Because like I tell people all the time, God don't make mistakes. There's no such thing as chance. And there's no such thing as coincidence. Like everybody said, oh, by chance if I hit the lottery. No, there ain't no by chance. If you're going to hit the lottery, you're going to hit it. No matter what. It ain't by chance and it ain't by coincidence. You being there at a certain time or a certain day or picking certain numbers. If it was ordained in your life, it'd be there. If it wasn't, it won't be. And, you know, we got all these preconceived ideas about ourselves when the father's sitting there saying, my son, my daughter, my precious children, you know, lean on me and I will carry you through. You know, I've already prepared everything for you. All you got to just reach out and take it. And when when someone gives you something, what do you tell them? Thank you. Because that shows that you have received it. And when we pray to the Father, we always say, thank you, Father, for the things you've done. I mean, it, I mean sometimes uh, we put our own foot in our mouth. Because, I mean, it's it's all there and set before us. And like I tell people, there is absolutely nothing hid. Nothing hid whatsoever. That it, it's there. All we got to do is just be part of it. And, you know, 
relax and still our mind down enough to where we can hear that still small voice and that knock at our heart, so to speak, that feeling we get that we know that the Father has heard us and is doing these things on our behalf. Go ahead, Michael. Um, I know I get carried on here sometimes. No, brother, it's great, man. Thank you. Speak on. It's. Uh, I thought maybe uh, some others, if they want to share, maybe we could open it up for uh, for that. What do you think? Amen. Yes, sir, brother. I mean, uh, forgive me, brothers and sisters. I mean, you. Every one of y'all are unmuted. So, if y'all have something, please, please. In the name of Yahweh, please bring it forward because I'm anxious and desiring to hear it. As well as all of us, I'm sure, but I'm just speaking from my perspective. Thank you. Um, Hey, um, thank you, um, everyone. Can you all hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. it was it was it was it was fantastic um you know um um someone i care about uh came back in from a trip and showed me you know um how beautiful the uh the central coast was you know by taking videos and photos and and that that was coming into my mind uh, how how rich the the life is um on the water right there on the coast where you know these beautiful blue waves crash into these um you know rusty brown rocks and just behind those rocks is a lot of uh greenery and these very majestic trees all over the cliff sides you know where you know it looks like they were sculptured by god like there was this bonsai master just going to work and it was just mm-hmm. phenomenal and so i want to thank you know the 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 stories um and and the word that came came out tonight um it 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 really um came all together and and um and then the person that was sharing you know their um their three three day trip up there was um was just and she was talking about it you know she was just smiling like ear to ear on and just saying how beautiful this was and how beautiful that was and and just seeing the joy you know that she got to travel where she's always wanted to go you know mm-hmm. and and see and um and she went with her sister you know who was really close and so um to her and they just they just had this marvelous time and um so the imagery and and the metaphor of what you know that there's so much life that comes off the ocean you know or the sea and um and what what rings to me <clears throat> is that you know kept on saying how beautiful this was how beautiful this was and i was uh reliving her uh her experience uh today this morning and and um and 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 i started thinking about you know the phrase beauty is in the eye of the beholder and 
uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Like, you know, anything that we would think is beautiful is lovely. You know, it's just, it, 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 it lights us up. It makes us feel good. It just, it just feels right to be around beauty or to see beauty or to feel, you know, love. I mean, love is beautiful, you know, and, and, and so <clears throat> If you move the words around a little bit, it 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 gives us a really unique um, rock that we can that we can dig roots into, and and ask yourself this question: you know, what do you behold or what do you hold up to be beautiful in your eye? You know, it's it's. Everything that you've ever wanted is to be loved. And you have to love the people that are in your world, uh, you know, first to receive that love or to see that beauty, um, whether it be in nature or in other people, you know, that we experience, you know, and, and, and when Polcat was talking earlier, you know, I was thinking about, or actually, it started with uh, with MJ when he said, you know, when I when I, you know, when I say you, I mean me, and I'm like, wow, and and I, you know, and then Polcat explained that as well, and Jim explained that as well, and and there's no such you can never have a you unless there was a me perceiving that you, yeah. and so if I'm perceiving you, you must be in me. Amen. Otherwise, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't see him. And so we have an opportunity. We do. We have an opportunity to scratch the backs of others that can't scratch their own back. You know, we have the strength to put on our shoulders what other people can't carry. And that's just metaphorically speaking. Okay. But it has to start from standing up and being all that can be. Father said it after you've done Just all please think things. about that. That's right. Continue, brother. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I just oh, you're, you're fine. I was just... I just I get excited. Oh, I, no, no, I, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And, and, you know, um, so just, you know, scripture tells us, you know, don't hold up the unclean thing. I mean, you know, if something's beautiful, love it, you know, just love it. Um, and, and, and you can't, you can't adore something or someone with a pure heart unless you have a clear conscience. And so for that to happen, forgiveness just has to dominate your house. And, and, and then you can do the things that Polcat was discussing. You know, you have to surrender all that. Whatever you think you are, go back into this call and hear what Polcat was talking about. And there's... 
there's glorious information, you know, in everyone that brings their part of their harvest to the table, you know. Um, I really, really appreciate um, the contributions um, to this call, um, you know. You know, the, the 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 most glorious church that we have is between our ears. Yes. You know, I mean, if you want all the miracles, it's right there. If you want to feel blessed, it's right there. If you want to bless, it's right there. Bring them into your house and bless them. Yeah. It's our choice. Yeah, me, That's all I have to say. Thank you so much. Brother, you're a blessing too. I mean, what you, you're saying yeah. there just, I mean, it just rings so loudly. You know, like, like it says, once a bell's been rung, you can't unring it. And thank God for that because it, this, this, is, this needs to be heard. And, uh, you know, where people, where it just radiates and vibrates within them, in the hearts and minds, you know, because it, it it's just going to go everywhere. And that's what this world needs at this point in time right now. Because, I mean, if you listen to people out there, they're, they, they're always saying, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. No, it, you can change your mind and you can receive the blessing and that their negativity and hurt or harm won't come near you. That's what the scripture tells us. He tells us, confess things that are not as though they already are and they will be. But we think uh, that once we confess it in, in two seconds or five minutes that it's going to be there. No, he said, before you ask, I will answer. The answer is already on the way. But it takes time to get from point A to point B and to be brought into manifestation. He said he heard you, you know, the first time. It's just like even with the story of Daniel. When Daniel was praying. And he says, and it took me, what, seven days? And then the angel said, no, when you first spoke it, I heard you, but I was contending with something else, and it it delayed my being here, but he still received it. It just took a process. But that's where faith comes in. Do you really, truly, with all your being and heart, believe what the Creator's telling you, that when you ask him for something, that he's going to give it to you? He's teaching us how to be as he is. Because there is nothing impossible unto him. And there's nothing impossible unto us. It says that in there. And the scripture says, there's one thing God cannot do, and that is lie. So if, if he said we can do just the same things he can do, you you can take that to the bank 
even though you might have to wait a little time. And I know a lot of people, they're sitting there praying, oh, God, give me a billion dollars. Well, I'm not saying he's not going to give it to them, but you can't, you know, unless it was somewhere stored away where God could say, okay, I'm taking it from this place and giving it to you here. But that takes a lot of things to make stuff like that happen. But all I'm saying is he said he would give you the, the desires of your heart. And the desires of our heart should be more of it or more of him. And then he says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven or blessing or bliss first. Then all these other things will be added unto you. Because you will know how and why that you can have those things to receive it. Because with God, it's not a one-time thing. It's an all-time thing. He's on time, every time, and all the time. We just have to know that we know that we know and give thanksgiving and praise unto him. May y'all bless y'all. And, I, you know, Michael or Donna or Gil, and I see there's, I think that might be Kevin. I believe that number looks familiar. I think he was on there last time. Hope I got your name right. And if not, please forgive me. That's not my intention. But uh, heaven comes to my mind. So if you have anything you would like to say, uh, please feel free to share it. Or if you have any questions, please ask, and we'll do our very best to help you with that and answer what we can. Sister Donna or Gil, you have anything else y'all would like to share? Um, Jim, uh, Not nothing, Donna nothing. just texted me. Go ahead, Gil. No, I was just saying nothing comes to mind. I was hoping there was still uh, uh, some some other voices on the call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Donna just texted Jim, said that... Uh, he had dropped her phone and uh, uh, something with the battery. I, I'm not sure exactly, but uh, she had to get off. But uh, um, she was going to try to get back in here. But, yeah. Well, thank you, brother, for that. And I see the 626758. Uh, I mean, if you have anything you would like to share, any questions you would like to ask, you know, we're not trying to put you on the spot, if, but, you know, the door is open for you to ask and partake and share. Hey, brother, I turn it back to you. I'm sure you have some other things you would like to add to it and share with us. 
Well, I'm I'm going to wrap up here myself, but I just wanted to say the one thing to to people that are on the call and people who are going to listen to this call. Um, yeah, I mean, when we come to this love feast every Sunday evening and we share the gold that Yah has given us, it's not like we leave with a pocket, you know, I mean, I, I came with an ounce of gold, what God gave me, and I'm going to share it with you, and you share your gold with me, and instead of me leaving with an ounce of gold, I leave with 10 ounces of gold, because we all shared it with each other freely, mm-hmm. and we're all increased exponentially, overflowing, you know, because... Mm-hmm. You know, Yah laid it on our heart to speak, and we spoke. And um, I want to say this to people who uh, may feel like they're, they may say the wrong thing, or maybe they are embarrassed that they don't know as much. Um, Fifteen years ago, I couldn't put five words in a sentence without tripping over myself. And I certainly couldn't speak in front of people. I had no ability to even hardly pick up the phone. I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but my self-esteem was so low, I couldn't even pick up the phone and call people without practicing what I was going to say because I didn't want to sound like a fool. And, uh, but when I started stepping out of the boat, so to speak, and you know, and asking questions. Then I remembered my my six friends, who, what, where, when, how, and why. And and boy, have they helped me. And, you know, believe me, if you are thinking to yourself, well, maybe this is a silly question, or the listeners who are new to the call have the same question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I came to this call for years when Brother Gary was doing it. And I could not stomach what he was laying down for years. But I was drawn to come back. And I came back, and I came back, and I came back. And and sometimes I would go away for, you know, maybe three months or so, and I'd come back. And, and you know, in a process of time, I began to understand, and um, so what I guess what I'm saying is, um, speak up if you feel led to um, to speak, because no one here is going to uh, ridicule in any way, shape, or form. It's a blessing when somebody has the courage to come forth and say, "Hey, I just got a question about this, that, or the other," because there's only about every newbie that's going to come to this call and listen to it is going to have the same question. Um, the word newbie is the wrong word. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to, to use that word. Um, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. Um, it's, uh, it's a work that is um, built upon um, love. We wouldn't come here we come here every Sunday so we can talk to each other uh, from the standpoint of showing off how much we might know or whatever. No, it's a work in love to to come together and to hear the testimonies um, 
of our lives during the work, uh, during the, the the week, sorry. And and that's what the scripture says too. We overcome by our testimonies, and we are uh, reassured. We are um, reinvigorated by the truth. You can't say the truth enough because, you know, sometimes you get out there during the work week and it just seems like, like Jim was saying earlier, that the whole world seems to be in a decline. But that that doesn't have to be what comes out of our mouth, no. you know. We can we can speak blessing over the world. We can speak blessing over our our um, the people we work with, the the people we see at the uh, at the um, you know at lunch. And if we can't speak it over them, then we can go home to our prayer room, and we can sit in prayer and ask Father to make their cup run over, you know, and. Um, if I've done them any wrong, please repay my debt and give them beyond their wildest expectations. And um, I love how Paul wrote it. Paul is the operator of truth. Paul's the tent. He's the tent builder. He's the, uh, the expander of the consciousness. And he says, in Philemon, he says in, in that great book, Philemon, Philemon represents the church state, and Onesimus represents the men and women who are awakening to to the reality of the, the truth, the true condition of life. And he says, listen, when these men and women start coming to you and telling you the truth, if you've got any beef with them, put it on my tab. I'll I'll pay you, and 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 because he understands, it's all it's all God, okay. Mm-hmm. And to the church, state system, whatever, don't start thinking that you're somewhat, uh, you know, you too, you know, pilot, you exist because Father created that position, and you are filling it uh, because Father allows it. And uh, all is God. So hey, uh, all that for. Don't be afraid to speak up. If you if you come to the call, you feel led to speak. Speak. We will. We will certainly appreciate your contribution. You, you have no idea. We love it when people come in and contribute. Uh, it shows that this interaction is having an impact. I know for years, uh, Gary. Uh, I've been told, Donna and Jim, you said too, that uh, he wondered, you know, is anybody getting any of this? And uh, um, remember, one man plants, another man waters. God gives the increase. So, you know, we're watering that plant best we can. And, uh, you know, come on if you got something to say. Yes, sir. Thank you for that, brother. Yeah, I mean, you know, it says, you know, freely, it says freely you, you got freely give. I mean, and like I tell people, the only silly question is the one that you didn't ask. <laughs> All you got to do is put it out there because, you know, how are we going to know you take the story of Philip and the eunuch? 
he's he's sitting on the chariot he's reading the book of isaiah and then philip's walking along and he sees him doing that and out, just out of curiosity and him being a brother and, and a believer he just uh, stepped out and asked he said understand what thou readest and the eunuch said no how can i except someone explain it to me and uh, you know that's uh, that is us doing our part to help our brethren or brothers and sisters you know to where we can share the good news the gospel you know he says we're written epistles to be seen of men i don't mean stand up there and say oh look at me I, I i don't mean in that sense what i'm saying is that the love that we have for the divine creator all that we have the love within us like the father says if you love me love your neighbor as yourself love your brethren be willing to help them guide them uh talk to them and vice versa that's what it takes you know each one of us have something that we can give you know back to the the whole in general it's not just a one-man thing it's everyone partaking and being part of that because the scripture says that we are all one we're all children of the most high and you have something to contribute as well as everyone on this call and i count it all joy when i'm able like michael was saying to to hear the testimonies or hear the questions you may have because we all benefit from that we can all grow by that it helps us all and with that, I want to thank you for taking the time to come here tonight and be part of it and sharing with us your testimonies and what, you know, what the creators put on your heart to bring forward to where we can all, you know, listen and benefit and be part of. And I want to maintain an attitude of gratitude, and I am grateful. Amen. Each and everyone on this call, from Michael to Donna to Gil to uh, uh, you, uh, uh, Kevin's coming to my mind. I may be wrong, but it's the 626-758 number. And also Polcat and the others, you know, Maddie. And uh, I just want you all to know that I love you and I appreciate you. And I thank you for coming here each and every week you know and being part of it you know the scripture says freely you got freely give and that's that's what we're doing we're trying to do our part and uh you know i love you and i appreciate you and michael if you have anything would you like to say something before we end the call yeah, I just wanted to say that too. That um, um, 
I want to say that um, that this communion, because that's what we're doing right now. We're taking the communion. We're eating the bread and drinking the wine, and uh, that this communion has taught me a different love, and and I appreciate that. And um, I told you privately once, Jim, that um, that I always have to check myself because I've got a you know I've always been in positions of leadership, and I have an ego for that. And um, to make me your king is the the last thing you want to do, you know. And so, you know, I'm always checking myself, but I, I um I um do appreciate the love that um that I've experienced uh, from my brothers and sisters, and um, and like I say, um, it's just been a pretty amazing thing. And uh, so I want to say, too, that I love you all and thank you. Thank you for this experience sharing that you that you decided to share your life is not a small thing. And um, your time. Thank you. Yes, sir. I do appreciate that, too, brother. That y'all take the time to share y'all lives with us. I mean, I mean. It's it's such a mighty and wonderful thing, you know, because there's many things going on out there that people are all caught up into, and, and I'm not here to judge any of them. But all I'm saying is, if if they know, and I'm not saying they don't know certain things, but I I know what I'm saying is if they know what we know, the what we know, and how wonderful and gracious and mighty the eternal creator really truly is oh my god i tell you it's such a wonderful walk and uh, it's a mighty thing to stand before that eternal divine creator and to be part of it with uh, my brothers and sisters here it means a whole lot and if everybody, uh, Gil or Donna, if y'all would have like to say something before we get off the call, you know, feel free to, because I don't want to cut anybody short. I'll just, I'll just say that I'm, I'm equally grateful, and um, and I, and I, um, I echo the words of gratitude. Uh, tonight, um, yeah. May, may anyone that hears this just, you know, enjoy life. Life is in the breath. Enjoy that moment, wherever you are, as beautiful as you want it to be. I love y'all. Love you too, brother, and. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, words of wisdom there, and I mean, you know, I thank y'all so much for coming tonight and and sharing like everyone has, because like it says, let God be true, and every man a liar. We're here to learn of and be part of, and to walk in, and do the will of that eternal divine Creator which is our reasonable service. 
And that's a mighty thing. I mean, you know, I have a choice as well as everyone else. I choose to be part of this instead of out there at some bar or doing something else. I'll, I want more of my creator. I want more understanding to serve my divine creator. That's what gives me happiness and joy and love and sharing that with my brothers and sisters and my family and things like that there because, I mean, it's a mighty thing. And with that, you know, I like I said, I appreciate each and every one being here tonight. May Yahweh bless you, keep you in perfect divine health, you and your families. And may he give you all your desires that you ask that are good, good, and very good. And, you know, that God's on time every time, all the time. And all we have to do is just, you know, lift up thine eyes and see the blessings and the glory of God. And I ask that Yahweh bless you and keep you. Shalom, prosper, and be in perfect divine health, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night. We love y'all now. Shalom.